0: Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I am Adam Todd Brown. I am Travis fucking Clark. Travis fucking Clark. Fucking Clark. Say it through your teeth when you say
1: Travis it, people. Fucking Clark. Uh, and ironically, just the other day, Twitter suggested I change my name to Mister Fucking, <laughs> and I considered
0: it. I highly considered it for a minute. Mister Fucking <laughs> <Mr>. would be <laughs> such a great Twitter <laughs> handle. Oh my God! <laughs> How did you get that name? Uh, you know, fucking. Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, you like to find uh, out, sir?
1: Come over here, <laughs> please. Mister Fucking was my father. <laughs>
0: Just call me fucking. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I might do it. I'm not sure yet. So, Mr. Fucking, how have you been since we
1: recorded last? Uh, pretty good. I had a pretty heavy spit take. Uh, other than
0: that, uh, pretty good. Been pretty good. You? Oh, good. You know, smoked a cigarette. Really? We, uh, we chit-chatted in the living room about baked goods. Sure. We sure did. We're going to get some of those going oh, on these future recordings. I sure do like that. And it's mugs. Funny. We also talked about mugs and wrappers. Yeah, rappers, like ra-
1: people who rap, not MCs. like MCs. Uh, yes, yes. And or, uh, I, I made a very, a very insensitive joke. I disagree. You disagree? I had heard that Lil Wayne had recently had a seizure, and I decided that maybe he should start going by the name Young CZ. That's just what I think could be. I like that uh, an option for him. It's, I think it's fitting. <laughs> I think
0: so. Yeah, I mean, unless he's got, like, bronchial issues, Wheezy makes a lot yeah, less sense. Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, he might. Maybe he's yeah. got a bit of both.
0: And that will help uh, first responders deal with his <laughs> issues better. It's like
1: a medical alert bracelet. <laughs> it's just your your rap name lets first responders know <laughs> what ailments you have. Oh, I love it. Oh, he's young Wheezy and young CZ. He's going to have some breathing problems. Possibly uh, he might have, We're gonna have to get to the, Get to
0: the hospital right now. <laughs> So what are we talking about
1: on this episode? We should talk about some of the gear that was used that gave Kurt and Nirvana their signature
0: sound. Yes, we should. And that's exactly what we're going to goddamn do.
1: It'd be great if you were like, I don't want to talk about that. I'd be like, well, uh, (laughs) let me see what else I have here. Uh, I mentioned the young Cz? Have I (laughs) talked about that yet? I
0: could talk about that. Still a great joke. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, there's actually a really great Guitar World article that people can go read. We pulled some quotes from that. It's uh, it's originally from the August 1997 issue of Guitar World. You don't have to track it down on paper. Just Google it. It's called The Definitive Kurt Cobain Gear Guide. And uh, there's uh, a lot of really inter- interesting interview quotes from him about his different gear and things. Yeah, he had an interesting <laughs> eclectic uh, collection of equipment
1: and I should point out for for those who don't know I'm super obsessed with guitar gear it's like one of my passions so I'm gonna try and do my best to not talk so uh, you know precise and bullshitty that anyone who's not into guitar gear gets right put off and uninterested but uh, it is one of my like favorite subjects to go really deep into.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's, uh, did you ever subscribe to Guitar World? I did for a while, yeah. I used to fucking love that yeah, magazine. Me it too. It was really great.
1: And they would do cool things like have your favorite guitar player, or, or at least a guitar player of the time, do columns about, like, oh, here's how I did this pentatonic scale. Yeah. Then, you know, and you'd learn shit and it'd always be way over my head. Yeah, it was yeah, really, yeah. It, it
0: was all stuff where I was like, I'm going to learn how to do that right. someday. And
1: then you'd be like, ooh, that girl in the bikini has a cool looking guitar. I'm going to go buy that guitar at Guitar Center.
0: Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, everyone, uh, if you want to read up more on this, check that out. 1997 is an interesting year for them to do that article. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I guess it's long enough that there's been a, a gap in the world of Nirvana albums and Nirvana's presence. And maybe it was like, well, we should talk about this a little bit. Yeah, because yeah.
0: it's, like, it's not even like uh, an important anniversary. No, Because like, he, he died in 94, so right. it's not for that. Yeah. Yeah, that is a weird time. Yeah. Uh the uh this is one of the the quotes from the article. Junk is always best. I use whatever I can find at junk shops.
1: This is what was interesting about the grunge era to me in general not just Cobain but the whole era is all of these pawn shop guitars, all of these guitars that were considered junk by a lot of people were what these players used because it was what you could get for nothing. You could right. get it for 40 bucks and you'd have a guitar. Then the second a band like Nirvana breaks, all of a sudden these guitars that they literally couldn't give away are now several hundred, sometimes thousands of dollars because they're in demand
0: and there's not a lot of them. Right, right. And in some cases, they're like I've owned one of the guitars that we'll talk about, and it was my favorite guitar. Yeah, it's like a like cool I guitar. get why he played. For one thing, he was so frail. And a Univox High Flyer. He even said in an interview, like he thinks it's made out of plywood or something. Yeah, like it's, it's super duper light. It's like laminate wood. It's yeah. It's not yeah. they.
1: <laughs> they weren't known for being straight or particularly totally right, right. Uh, accurate.
0: But yeah, he was. He uh, got his first electric guitar as a 14th birthday present from his uncle Chuck. Good old Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck could have given him the BMX bike, but he picked yep. picked the, g- the guitar. Guitar as uh, as soon as I got my guitar. I, I, just love became, your Kurt. I love it so much. I just became so obsessed with it. I don't think it was even a harmony. I think it was a
1: Sears. Fun fact, Sears and Harmony, it was the same, same thing. They were just yeah. th- if you got if you bought a Sears guitar at Sears it said Sears, if you bought a Harmony guitar in a guitar shop it said Harmony, it was the same.
0: Yeah. yeah. Same
1: thing. Same thing with Dan Electro.
0: Uh he took guitar lessons for less than a month, just long enough to learn how to play ACDCs back in black. That's the first song I learned. Nice. That's the same thing. We, I'm a, we are the
1: Coane and Nirvana of podcasting. No question. We really are. Yeah, no my, my
0: first song I learned on guitar was Polly. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It seemed like an easy choice. Sure, my first guitar was an acoustic. So, so. well, yeah. So you gotta, you yeah. can't, can't really rock out with, uh, no, yeah.
1: Oh, you could do the whole acoustic album,
0: and it had nylon strings, and I had no idea what I was buying, and I was like, Whoa. oh, I don't like this. Uh,
1: that's coming up. I didn't know that about. Uh... Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, this is <laughs> a fun story. One day, a couple of friends invited him to a to jam in an abandoned meat locker. They used as a practice space. Afterwards, Cobain foolishly left his guitar in the locker and was subsequently unable to return and get it back. You know what it was called when they rehearsed in there? What was it called? Shocker in the Locker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We still got to hear Wattage in the Cottage. I know.
0: God damn it.
1: And somebody told me I should have said Static in the Attic that one episode we were talking about. I
0: was like, Uh, God
1: damn it. That is a good joke. Yeah, that would have
0: been a good one. Uh, when he finally made it back to the rehearsal space a few months later, he found his guitar in pieces. Oops. He salvaged the neck, hardware, and electronics, and made a new body for the guitar and wood shop. Jesus. Wow. But Cobain lacked the skills to make the restored instrument intonate properly. Couldn't you just take that to a professional to get it over that last uh, step?
1: Maybe, but it also depends on what he made it out of. Like if yeah, he, yeah. You know,
0: it's If he I made it out of... yeah, Yeah, I wonder what it... Particle board? Maybe like it that? was made in the pines! In the <laughs>
1: pines! <laughs> I don't get it. A uh, pines of wood. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, when Not a good tone wood, by the way. Very soft, easily <laughs> easily damaged. When he was 17, uh, we already know this, his mother married Pat O'Connor, whose ensuing fide- infidelity led to a situation that greatly facilitated Cobain's acquisition of musical gear. I love this story. Yeah, I de- basically... I love this story. Uh, Cobain's mom learns that Pat is cheating on her, so she takes his his gun collection and dumps it in the river. The muddy banks of the Whiskataw? The muddy banks of the Whiskataw River, and, uh, Kurt Cobain saw this, and, uh, he went down with some neighborhood kids and fished the guns out. And sold the guns and bought a used PV amp and two 12-inch speakers with the proceeds. I'm going to say, first of all, I think he got taken on the guns. I think yeah.
1: you should gotten to be able to buy more than a PV amp. If yeah, you, you sold should a get, get a better guns. amp yeah. if you're
0: selling guns.
1: Also, too- What the fuck is the mom thinking where it's like, I'm mad at the guy, so I'm going to throw the guns in the river?
0: I'm going to put some guns in the community because I'm mad at my (laughs) boyfriend. Get some more guns on the street. That'll
1: fix it. I'll teach you to cheat on me. (laughs) Here, kids, have some guns. They're in the river.
0: (laughs) It won't be hard to find them, apparently. My God, Wendy. Yeah. Such a bad mom. In early 85, Cobain moved in with his natural father who discouraged his son's musical pursuits and convinced him to pawn his guitar. Oh, no,
1: not the one he just built out of whatever.
0: I wonder what he got for it. A gun. (laughs) (laughs) After about a week, he got his guitar out and got his guitar back and moved out. Mm -hmm, Take that, Dad. Almost lost the guitar again when he loaned it to a drug dealer but managed to repossess it a few months later. Who lends instruments to drug dealers? I feel like a lot of this, at least the loaned it to a drug dealer part, I feel like that's Kurt kind of fucking with Guitar World and trying to give them- Oh, putting his myth- because that hasn't, we've gone through three different books now for this podcast, and that part has never come up anywhere right. but in this guitar world. Might article.
1: be in Mark Yarm's book. <laughs> that <laughs> might be where
0: the info is.
1: That might be why we haven't come across so, it. Yeah, yet. we might not yeah. find out
0: for a few months. So. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a bit before we <laughs> read it. Uh, we're such assholes. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. Uh, the PV amp. Uh, Oh, and with this, uh, the the PV amp, uh, this is the amp he had when he started his first band, Fecal Matter. Oh, there's the Fecal Matter. Here it comes. The amp disappeared, though, sometime between 86 and 87. Chris Novoselic remembers that Cobain gave him the amp for about a week in what apparently was a friendly attempt to get him to join Fecal Matter. Novoselic declined both offers. And the amp disappeared sometime after that.
1: That ought to let you know just how shitty PV amps are. (laughs) People are like, you can have this. I don't want it. Yeah. Please... I will tell you, there was a PV amp called a Bandit, right? And a friend of mine worked at a music store, and he got one. And the guy at the music store said, don't take this home. This is a terrible amp. He goes, no, dude. I got it for 20 bucks off of a guy who wanted to sell it. It's not a problem. It's awesome. That amp caught on fire that (laughs) night. That (laughs) night, it burst into flames. They are terrible fucking amps. Awful. Absolutely awful. So bad. They are the
0: Fiat of amps. (laughs) Uh by late '87, though, Nova Selik finally agreed to form a band with Kurt Cobain. Photos from this era show Cobain playing a right-hand model Sunburst Univox High Flyer, yeah, flipped over and strung for left-handed playing. Kind of
1: a uh, bit of a, a Hendrix move there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That uh, I would. I just we're going to play a clip in a while from an episode of Pawn Stars which is low-key one of my favorite shows on television. Really? where Yeah, where someone tries to sell a Kurt Cobain guitar pedal, and uh, they are vastly disappointed in what it's worth. But uh, there was also a segment a couple weeks ago where a guy brought in a Jimi Hendrix uh, used guitar, like verified that Hendrix had used it. Uh, The price they finally got to before the guy walked away was $600,000, a pawn shop. Wow, was going to give him six hundred grand, and he was like, "I think I can make another hundred thousand somewhere else." It's like you stingy yeah. piece of shit! Sell that fucking guitar.
1: Um, the Zappa brothers own one of the uh, Hendrix guitars that uh, Hendrix lit on fire, and oh wow, Frank Zappa, their dad, um, restored it and made it playable again, and, and used it as one of his guitars and they wanted like a million bucks for it. I don't think they ever got it, so I think they, they still have one of the... Uh,
0: I feel like Frank Zappa, Zappa's great, but I feel like him putting his stink on that maybe made that guitar worth a little less. <laughs> oh, shit. Because it's still like it's a Hendrix guitar. <laughs> right. And now it's like Hendrix and Frank Zappa. It's like... well, oh, you're getting a twofer. Okay, you're getting, yeah. You're
1: getting two musical, highly regarded people for one burnt
0: guitar. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Uh... So the, this is uh, this is from according to the Come As You Are book, Cobain's amp during this time was a Fender Champ. Those are good amps.
1: They That's are like solid little. They're easily portable, but they're real. If it's the Fender Champ that I'm thinking of, it's real tube. So you crank it and it sounds disgusting. But yeah. it sounds disgusting in a really yeah. cool way. Tube
0: amps are the best. Yeah. He also around this time Cobain acquired a Univox Super Fuzz. But it was stolen from his rehearsal space. Gee, what is he doing with these things? Just take your shit home, dude. Yeah, man. You
1: only your guitar pedals. Also, too, you have like three things. You have an amp, a pedal, <laughs> and a tiny amp. I mean, you have a guitar, an amp, and a tiny... God Doesn't damn it. Doesn't he need to practice at home? Yeah.
0: Take your shit home. Take your
1: shit home. God damn it, Kurt. Er, God, take
0: it home to the turtles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe the turtles, turtles didn't like the. I bet uh, those turtles are still alive somewhere. The turtles live for like a hundred years. Right? They're shitting in
1: bathtubs all over. Aberdeen. Shitting in
0: bathtubs like <laughs> we used to know Kurt Cobain.
2: You
1: know, this was supposed to be our
0: bathtub.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything in his life is bitter. Just everything was supposed to be. It was supposed to be their moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a quote from the Guitar World article from Kurt Cobain, and this I think sums him up pretty well as a guitar player out of all the guitars in the world the fender mustang is my favorite they're cheap and totally inefficient yep they sound like crap and are very small they also don't stay in tune and when you want to raise the string action on the fretboard you have to loosen all the strings and completely remove the bridge you have to turn these little screws with your fingers and hope that you've estimated it right if you screw it up you have to repeat the process over and over until you get it right Whoever invented that guitar was a dork. I guess I'm calling Leo Fender the dead guy a dork. So that's his favorite guitar. All right. Well, I'm going to
1: call the other dead guy in this story a dork uh, because you don't have to do that to intonate a Mustang. There's, I mean, at least on the modern ones, maybe on the old if you're getting oh, a really, really? Yeah, you don't have to take all the strings off. <laughs> you can, there's, and you don't have to, if you're using your fingers, you're doing it wrong. You need a little Allen wrench. That's yeah, how you use uh, it. Uh, tool you use for very that. very odd choice that he did and the mustang is actually a student guitar so it is really small it's actually three quarters the size of a regular guitar oh and it has a much shorter scale length i'm trying not to get too boring but it is a weird little guitar it is a weird strange little instrument
0: yeah yeah that's a, no that's interesting yeah. i didn't know it was uh a student guitar yeah it's um it's three it's smaller than a, a typical fender yeah this, uh, some people claim that Cobain's preference for low end guitars was a punk statement, but he insisted it was a matter of necessity. I don't favor them. <laughs> I can afford them. I'm left handed, and it's not very easy to find reasonably priced, high quality left handed guitars. I suppose that makes sense. That is true. Like, there's very, even, even to this day,
1: very few left handed guitars because there's very few left handed players. There's yeah. no reason to go make like a whole bunch of things for like four people who are playing guitar.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I've ever walked into a music store and explicitly seen a left-handed guitar. I'm sure they're there. I've
1: seen a couple, and they always make you, especially when they're Fenders. You go, "What? The fuck's eh. wrong with that?" Yeah. Oh, it's going the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I don't like it. I don't either. That's why I refuse to play left-handed. Also, I don't know how. There's that. You should try that sometime. Like if you're a if you're a guitar player at all, try and play the other way. It's really hard. It makes you go, "Nope, I don't want to do this."
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. But I do have this weird thing. When I was a kid, I I wrote with my left hand and my teachers made me switch to my right. Why? That's a that's a common thing. It happened to a lot of kids. So like now, I can do a bunch of shit with my left hand. I throw with my left hand. I can use chopsticks with both hands. Oh, nice. Uh, and but I write with my right hand. I bat if I'm playing baseball with my right hand. I hmm. play guitar with my right hand, but it's Wait, we Oh, with your yes, no. Well, fret hand left, is, right. Is oh, but left. You, strum strum you strum with your strum right. with right. right. And I've always wondered if I could maybe, but the strumming with the left hand is what would feel weird, right? To
1: me. I had a buddy when I first started playing guitar who uh, he really liked Hendrix, so he went to his guitar teacher and he was like, "I want to learn to play left-handed." And he's like, "Well, but you're right-handed." He go like, "He's like, yeah, but I don't know how to play guitar either way, so I want to learn left-handed. I want to be like Hendrix."
0: And he was like, "No." <laughs> That does seem like a lot of extra work.
1: yeah, I, I think that's kind of what the guitar teacher was thinking was like, I'm just setting you up for like never having the guitar that you want.
0: yeah, that that would be a lot of frustration. So let's talk about a few of the specific instruments Kurt Cobain used, which where should we start? Um, I think
1: what's you know, there's a fun story about this one. Let's talk about the guitar from unplugged.
0: Okay, that the Nirvana unplugged guitar. If you've heard it, it's obviously part electric guitar. Right.
1: It's an interesting looking Martin.
0: Yeah. It's a weird
1: looking, because it has like the it has volume knobs on it and it has a right. pickup underneath the neck right before the sound hole. It looks very modern. It also looks like someone took a nice guitar and like drilled some holes in it. Yeah, right. It doesn't, I didn't know this was actually a factory model that they made.
0: Right. It's a Martin 1959 Martin D eighteen. E. The E stands for electric. Ah, there it is. It was produced for exactly one year before being discontinued. So it's a super rare guitar. right? And when you add that to the fact that Kurt Cobain played one on Nirvana Unplugged. Yeah, good luck getting one for under 20K. Right. Yeah. Uh, But if you have the actual guitar. You're an asshole. You're a huge (laughs) piece of shit because someone does right now. And that is Francis Bean Cobain's ex-husband. Like you know, this guy's a piece of shit. If you hear, if you read a story about someone withholding something from Courtney Love, and you're like, that guy's trash. Yeah, give Courtney Love her stuff back. <laughs> but okay,
1: Francis Bean has very little connection to her father. Like, right? I'd say none. Maybe some footage that she's seen where it's like oh i'm a baby and he's holding me and here's this iconic piece of something that he did and your ex-husband's like no keeping it yeah that's so fucked up what the fuck you you don't think your ex-wife
0: has suffered enough in life that you want to keep the only tie she would have to her father yeah that's so shitty right like i get that it's going to be worth a shit ton of money and who knows what you agreed on in the divorce wasn't
1: in the prenup so i gets to keep it
0: should we? How long is the this? Courtney Love? Oh, it's only a minute. Let's hear Courtney Love talk oh. about it quick.
1: Oh, I love hearing Courtney
0: talk. This uh, clearly looks like it's at LAX. Uh huh. And she also looks real happy, as she always does. TMZ. No way.
2: One of the guitars that you gave to your daughter. Apparently, this guy Isaiah is claiming he wants it. When you know, because they have to divvy yeah, things up. it's not his. It's yeah, well, a treasured heirloom of the family. So right. Right. It's not his to take. Do, so do you, you, do you think that the because you gave it to her as a gift, you know, that she can transfer it as a gift no, legally? No, she never planned on doing that. We're very close, and she never planned on doing that. So this is like this is like family history that the court. It's, yeah, it's a treasured heirloom. And the the you think the court, you know, will see it that way? Yeah. I did. Good, good, good. So I'm really glad she's out of this very dangerous and toxic relationship. Well, I'm glad. I don't want to keep bugging you. Um, okay. But, uh, but, but here I'm, goes. I'm so glad, and I, I hope that uh, because like like you said, it's so rare and so like you know yeah, such it's a it's unique a treasure part heirloom of our families. What, so what annoy. is what is the guitar? That particular guitar. It's the last guitar he ever played. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> Boom! 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 Hey, we're TMZ. Are you a famous person? Can we annoy you and ask you stupid questions? We're like stuttering John, but we're new.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah. If anyone wants that guitar, you just got to go beat the shit out of that guy and take it. Yeah.
1: Or uh, I guess Mary Francis Bean <laughs>
0: wait for it to come back to her and that feels extreme. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I the long con, man. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So there's, there's that guitar. And that's, that, that's the guitar, if you're wondering how that sound on Nirvana Unplugged happened. It's because it's not an acoustic guitar. It's basically right. an electric. It's a hybrid acoustic. Right, which electric. means that it has to
1: be all steel strings. Right. Because uh, I don't think
0: the... Uh, it's, a, it's, a weir- it's a weird guitar. It's weird. The weirdest guitar I ever had. You know the company Line 6, right? Yeah. They made a guitar at one point that had this knob... And it would simulate the tone of like dozens of different classic guitars, like uh Fenders. Oh, the Varix guitar? Yeah 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 yeah, 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 And it also had acoustic settings, so it was an electric, but you could play but I thought it sounded like shit. The that, well, acoustic part sounded like like cellophane or everything something. Everything
1: that those modeling things did sounded terrible. That was just it was like it's great for if you're a bedroom player, but if you're actually gonna record something, they all sound
0: terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's just my opinion. That was one of them. So yeah, that's that's that guitar. Uh, which one should we talk about now? I would love to start talking about some of the
1: pedals that he did. Because he created a whole market for the Electro Harmonic Small Clone. Yes. Which was a pedal. Like People were kind of done with pedals at this point in, in guitar playing. No one really used them. Right, or they did. It was it was like you either had one of those massive boards, like you were the edge, or like. But in rock, you just didn't really hear people talk. Everybody had rack mount shit. Right, like that was the thing at the right.
0: time. Or Neil Young, he builds his own. Guitar Does he build his fix? own? Yeah, that big red box that's in front of him during every performance. He built that. That's Out of his Lionel guitar. train parts. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I fucking love Neil Young so much. Yeah, the Electro Harmonix small clone. Sometime in 1990, he bought one from Guitar maniacs
1: ah, we're guitar maniacs we have guitars and we're crazy sunday 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 electro Clones, <laughs> small clothes
0: 49.95 <laughs> you'll sound just like you're underwater <laughs> it uh remained an essential part of his setup to the end of his life and if you're uh wondering where you can hear it uh, i think the most famous example is probably smells like teen's Spirit it's that, that whole.
1: Al- it's all of Nevermind. Yeah, it's all it's over, all that, over that, album. that. Yeah,
0: come as you are. That kind of yeah. underwater sound <laughs> is what does that uh, on. Smells like Teen Spirit. It's that kind of pre-chorus. Hello, hello. Yeah, it's also the. has got yeah. a little bit on it. Too. Yeah, but uh, We're you can
1: real technical terms here, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, you can really hear it on Aneurysm. So let's listen to the be- ah. beginning of aneurysm because what's interesting this uh that initial well it's not initial like once a, i mean you oh, can kind man. of hear it, you on hear it right there yeah but this part like that's just him playing one note over and over but it's bending it a little that. bit yeah. yeah but he's got the uh harmonics on it
1: So the fun thing about the electroharmonics is a lot of people, not, not, well, some people thought it was actually a bad chorus pedal because it sounds clangy. Oh, the yeah. other popular chorus pedal was the Boss Chorus Ensemble 1, or the CE-1, which is a big fucking pedal. And it's more chimey and kind of not as clangy. Yeah. But there was something about this sound where it, it sounds almost like something's a little off with it, right? which is what makes it kind of seasicky and cool so then for a while no one could make no one could get these things they were like impossible to find so a guy named uh, Mike Piera who a, runs a company called Analog Man started making clone clones so he would make oh, small nice. clone clones and it, the clone chorus is still to this day one of the nicest boutique clones that you can get it's an amazing pedal and the whole reason he made it was because uh, small clones became super high in demand especially vintage ones and you couldn't find them
0: oh wow yeah I did not know any of that that's why I'm here <laughs> So that is, uh, that's uh, that's that's what the small clone sounds like. And it is a big part of Nirvana's it, sound. It's a weird pedal, too, because the only thing,
1: <laughs> I believe it's a rate knob and like a depth switch. So you only right. have two switches where he's like kind of on or totally on, and then how fast the effect
0: goes. Yeah. Those are
1: the only two control and the stomp switch to turn it on and, and off.
0: There was a. Version of the bo- there was a boss chorus pedal that he used the CE two probably also. which is the
1: big blue it's a little like blue a smaller one. Yeah. blue one yeah, yeah. but and it's that not-
0: had those same switches yeah too. and you could get the same sound out of that kind of
1: but it's a little more
0: refined it's a little less clang 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 yeah. it's a little yeah. more like whing, 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 whing. and they were easier to find yes like yes, you could yes 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 buy those pretty cheap yeah I used to. I used to buy so much fucking uh, gear on eBay like pedals oh my and-
1: god I I had to stop I yeah for a while I was um I was on really heavy pain medication cuz my back was all fucked up so I was adjusting to being on super high doses of oxycontin and one of the side effects of being on OxyContin was I would go on eBay and buy things and have no idea I did it. Oh, shit. so shit would just start showing up at my house. Yeah, and I, you know, I I bought so many guitars and so many pedals at like three in the morning because I'm like, that looks great, and I would <laughs> just hit, buy it now and shit. Which I I I almost went broke because I bought yeah. so much stuff. But uh, I, right now, if you're big into collecting uh, pedals, especially, but any kind of musical instrument stuff, reverb.com is amazing. Oh, wow. It's, a, it's basically eBay for just musical equipment. Oh, nice. And they also have like demos on there. It's one of my favorite sites right now.
0: Nice. Not paid to say that. Nope. That's just an opinion I have. We are only paid by online stopwatch.com. Uh huh. Online stopwatch.com. And also, they don't actually pay us uh, at all. No. So, that we know of. That we know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they might be, and it's just hitting a different account that I don't know about. Right. Who knows? Let's talk about the DS-1 pedal. An interesting choice. This is, I I had this one also. Uh, this was his distortion pedal, and he really leaned on it.
1: Right. It's, uh, for those of you who are familiar with uh, guitar pedals, it's the big orange, um, it's not big orange, it's the orange little brick boss pedal that basically it's almost everybody's first guitar pedal when you get into playing guitar. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it just had like a big, I think the 40th or 50th anniversary of that pedal coming out. There's a special anniversary edition of that pedal out right now. Oh, nice. But it's it's a pedal that there's so many different versions of it. Right, there's versions that were made in Japan, versions that were made in Taiwan, different op amp. Yeah, you have and the Japan yeah.
0: versions are usually the more expensive versions. and the better ones. Yeah, They're, they
1: have like better components, and I think that's what he had. I think he had one of the yeah, early he used ones. the yeah. Japan one. Yeah, and uh, it's a great little pedal. It's a great little. Yeah. Um, but he plays like such distorted stuff to begin with. It's always funny to hear that someone had a distortion pedal as well as a giant amp that also distorted. Because by the time yeah. we, we know him, he's a big Marshall guy. That's what he's playing out of.
0: Right. And that's, uh, Butch Vig actually brings that up. Um, Kurt, this is in the in that Guitar World article. Kurt had a Mesa boogie, but we also used a Fender Bassman a lot and a Vox AC30 on Nevermind. I prefer getting the amp mm-hmm. to sound distorted instead of using special effects or pedals, which lose body and th- fullness of the bottom end but he let Kurt Cobain use it anyway because uh, Kurt Cobain leaned on it so hard mm-hmm. it was such such an integral part of his setup and uh yeah the the thing with the the Japan that happened with guitars too where Japanese guitars like you said at one point people were like yeah that's a trash guitar that you would buy right. at a pawn shop and then once like when I was buying guitars, when it was still not that far removed from the Kurt Cobain era, Japanese guitars on eBay, like there was a premium. Oh, they're they're. Here's the problem
1: with Japanese guitars uh, versus when you're talking Fender. So there's made in Japan or Mij as it's usually called, right? Or crafted in Japan, the Cij, which is much more desirable. The problem with the crafted in Japan. Uh, versus an American-made guitar is that the Crafted in Japan is a far superior guitar. And they actually right. tried to stop getting those imported because it was making the American-made ones look bad. Because it was like, these are made out of better woods, they're better put together, right. they, they're they just better value for the money. So they actually had to stop importing the really high-end Japanese <laughs> guitars right. because it was digging into the American sales.
0: Yeah, they're, they're really good guitars. They're amazing guitars. And... Uh... Yeah, that, that uh that happened with a lot of stuff. A lot of things that he played or just a lot of bands around that time. Right. Uh the prices for it went way, way up, but uh maybe not as high as people think. Let's watch a segment of Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars This is I just happened upon this moments before we started recording, and uh it's an episode of Pawn Stars where a guy brings in a pedal that was used by oh, Kurt Cobain on stage. Hey. Guitar
1: pedal played by Kurt Cobain nope. in a concert in 1993.
0: No. Nope. Oh, wow. So, is it signed by him or? No, it's not signed by him, but I got it from my wife. She was at the front row, and he actually tossed it to her in the crowd. Yeah, Your I know this fall story. In love with Kurt Cobain after he really? Yes. The pedal? Um, I hope not.
1: <laughs> I came to the Punch Hub to sell my. Did he hate the pedal? Yes, because it's called grunt. He played it as a joke and, and immediately threw it at the audience. Slow
0: <laughs> as he
1: played it because it DOD had made this pedal and he thought it was bullshit. So, he played, so he played it for one song just Your to throw
0: it at the fan? audience. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, wow. I growing up watching on TV is, so like it's crazy that none of the people here knew this. No. And I never got tired of it. I can say that he was probably the first musician that I actually cared about that died. I thought about it and it affected me. Kirk is considered one of the best songwriters of his generation. But despite all his success, he had a really troubled life and died when he was 27 years old. Yeah, this well, really I didn't know that. I have hmm. from the guitar technician who also his guitar
1: and worked with Also, uh, uh, it's missing Kurt the battery door on the, door the back, which was Euro the big tour. flaw of like, this <laughs> design. I hate I these the pedals time so much. Did
0: that. Casey tried the pedal during a West Coast show and then tossed it in. Looks to be my handwriting too, Dayton Bolts. But I'm leery to authenticate more than that. Really cool find. Um, any idea of what you want to get out of it? It is interesting. Um, oh, look at look those knobs. 15, they say loud, butt, what? face, okay. and um, grunge. Yeah. I got a this- few issues. Number one, I don't know what it's worth. Stage it's not worth anything. anything.
1: And oh, so so <laughs> if you're looking at the it, the pedal control control. is supposed really to look like it's like purple so and it's like anything, all flaked Jesse out from like being look. used oh is that not no, no that's the that's the screen printing oh. on it that's what it's supposed oh, what to look like that's Lama? how no. it came yeah
0: oh that's pretty cool it's a hundred dollar pedal but yeah, what's it, it worth if Kurt Cobain used it yeah. well they did make this pedal in that era what's the letter say guitar tech said you know he does remember it happening Guitar techs tend to Know the gear That's on the stage More than the guy's plan Mostly Well it sounds like This is not. kind of A famous story you put a value
1: on it, It's a famous story Because it's the only Time he ever man, played it He played know, it yeah. for one show One time In fact I was going to Bring it up In this thing, thing Because Auction, I always what wondered What happened before, to this pedal Because he literally threw If you've never held A guitar pedal They're metal bricks Yeah And to throw it At an audience member Is kind of assault Like it's It's a bad choice Yeah They could really hurt you
0: This is my favorite point So you heard what my guy said he thought it was worth in any that. episode uh, I don't of con Star there's nirvana where the person brings or stuff or and then disagrees with the shop. person who comes into pricing to it a on it. if I'm gonna make an offer. it's gonna be like 500 bucks I've got to make money on it here's the thing and, I would 100 you know, percent pay 500 dollars. sure
1: for that story for for that one time yeah
0: with, this guy wanted 15 grand five thousand range president, but I don't think Uh, but now he came down to 5,000 piece of music history that no one else in the world is going to have. And it's, you know, from a legend. So you didn't lose today, man. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. I appreciate it. But you are kind of a loser. Yeah, but you
1: want five grand for a pedal that he played once.
0: He wanted 15 grand initially. And then after it, he could tell he wasn't going to get that.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly though, Kurt Cobain literally hated that pedal. He viewed it as an insult to him as an artist. And that is why he was like, I'm going to play this for one song and then bean someone in the front row so with it. So did they
0: mail him one? Or? And then
1: he, I think they went to like, you know, when you're on tour a lot, I don't have to tell you this, but when you're on tour, you, sometimes you stop at local stores to right. pick up things that you need, strings or whatever. He probably saw the grunge pedal and went, oh, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> and then decided to play it that night just to throw it at the audience. That's great. But
0: yeah. I, I hope, I, if I could get in touch with that guy, I'd... Yeah,
1: I'll give him 500 bucks yeah. <laughs> for that. For sure. Because that is, I mean, I remember when that happened. I remember that being a story that I think was actually in Guitar World, that they talked about that oh, many, wow. many, many, many years ago.
0: So let's talk about the, uh, should we talk about the High Flyer? We talked about it a little bit. A little
1: bit. bit. So... The Unibox High Flyer is, by all stretch of the imagination, a budget guitar. Like, there's nothing about that that is a high-end guitar. Right. But the pickups on it are crazy.
0: They, the humbucker pickups yeah. on it are insane. They're, they're very loud.
1: Extremely loud. So you don't need a distortion pedal with them because right. they're so loud. They just want to distort stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons why him and a lot of other like kind of loud players really leaned towards that guitar because it, it's, it's an aggressive guitar. Yeah. And easily replaceable at the time because... If it fell apart in your hands, you get another one for fifty bucks at another pawn shop. Right now, they go for $500, 600 bucks online. Last time I looked, they're, yeah, they're pretty pricey. I bought
0: one in early like two thousand one, two thousand two for two hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's a good price for it. Yeah, at, then, um, very light, very light, very guitar, light, very easy to play. Yeah, and small it's small neck.
1: Yeah, and it's usually a maple neck or something maple ish. Yeah, um, and it's actually a copy. It's actually a knockoff of a Maserati design, right? And so, but it's like super cheap. It really is a brittle guitar. That story we told uh, uh, last episode, where uh, he threw the guitar and Chris hit it with his bass oh, and it yeah. disintegrated, almost dollars to donuts. Want to say that had to be a Univox? Oh because yeah, because those sure. things just splinter. They don't. They don't stick together.
0: Yeah, I um, did I? I don't know if I put it in this. In the notes for this or not, but they brought that up uh, on that European tour. There were so many times where Bruce Pavitt and Jonathan Poneman would just have to like call music store after music (laughs) store to find Univox high flyers to mail to Kurt. Right. And then they get there and he's bitching about the tour. It's like, maybe they spent some of the money mailing you new guitars, pal. Baby stop
1: playing guitars that disintegrate when you (laughs) throw them at your nine foot tall Sasquatch bass player.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of write-up about the Univox High Flyer. That's what he was playing on Bleach for the most part. Uh-huh. Also on, you know, you're right. The the last song they uh-huh. released, there's that beginning part where it's like sounds like chimes, kind yeah. of. And people say he played that on a Fender Jaguar, but I think it was a High Flyer because that I don't
1: know the bridge on the High Flyer well enough.
0: That it has the same thing where okay. the strings kind of extend down uh-huh uh and you can play that part perfect on a high flyer really yeah so i think it might have been a high flyer interesting song. but uh yeah it's a it's an interesting guitar They're i mean for a while they were super super hot like hard
1: to get right um, they even made, I think, they made like a crappy reissue of the of them. Like yeah. somebody was ba- badging them as Univoxes and and putting them out. Yeah, I forget who originally made the Univoxes. I want to say it was like, God, I can't remember. It's like St. Louis Music or something was making them. I forget who was making them.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I
1: don't remember. I did like the guitar though. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Like that's the thing that was cool about a lot of his guitars is that him and uh, not that I necessarily want to talk about him a lot right now, but Jack White kind of have this thing in common where they bonded with a certain kind of shitty instrument. And it's like, that's part of my process is trying to make this shitty instrument work right. Right. And it's a weird weird way to try and create. Like, I prefer the nice thing. I prefer the thing that works and stays in tune and is reliable. But there's certain guys, and Kurt was one of them, who's like, I like the struggle of trying to make this work right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um there was there's a guitar, uh have you played a Tiesco? A Tiesco, yeah. Tiesco, is yeah. that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a a pickup for one of their guitars. Uh it's a gold foil yeah, pickup. Yeah, the gold foil pickups enormous uh hugely popular. And those are the most trash guitars, but that pickup is insane. Them and D'Armond and Guild,
1: which were all kind of the same, uh, not TSGO was its own thing, but Diarmond slash Guild also made a gold full pickup and it's because there's no pole oh man because there's no pole pieces, oh, it yeah. has that ability to just be really clear and chimey and interesting. Yeah. It's a cool, cool pickup.
0: Yeah. Elvis Costello uses them a lot yeah. on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Annie Clark does as well when she plays her old uh oh, nice. uh
0: Bobcat, her old Den Electro Bobcat, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Like, it, it's Harmony Bobcat. There's something to be said for that challenge, probably, of trying to like, because with Jack White, it's that old, is it called an airliner? Airline, yeah. Airliner guitar yeah. that was, they were sold also at Sears, I believe. Yeah,
1: they're made of Rezzo glass, which yeah. was their way of saying plastic. And they, <laughs> and they
0: were literally like 30, 40 bucks at the time. Yeah. And I saw one at McCabe's guitar store. A couple of weeks ago, a couple it of was thousand in the thousands. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a trash guitar, right. but It it has such an interesting sound, interesting so- sound, and you
1: got a famous guy playing it. I mean, right. one of my favorite guitars is the uh, Ovation Ultra GP. Ovation is known for making these weird acoustics that have like a sloped back. Yeah, you, know, that you can't really. They don't sit on you, but they sound okay. But they made this electric guitar called the GP in 84, only year they ever made it. And it was their weird version of like a Les Paul with like a double cut on it. And Uh Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age uh, and at the time Caius played one. So they became enormously collectible. Oh, wow. So for a while, the top two collectors of that guitar were Josh Homme and me, there was, <laughs> I had six of them and there was only rumored to be about 400 of them. Oh wow! So once somebody of note or at least of a cult like following makes this obscure guitar into public consciousness, guys like you and I will be like, oh, that's, that seems pretty cool. I want to get one. Well, there's yeah. even
0: Walmart sells this guitar called First Act. Yeah. It's like their brand of guitar. Right, right, right. And I, every time I would go to Walmart for years, I would see those guitars, and I'd be like, "Who the fuck would buy that thing?" And then Paul Westerberg bought one as a joke when he was on tour and played it, and like fell in love with it. Right. And now there's like a Paul Westerberg signature series, right? First act, which is still only like two hundred bucks or something, but it's this like shitty trash guitar, right. and there's just something about his sound and the way it melded with his music that he was like, this is great. First Act is a
1: weird company because they also make super expensive guitars. Oh, really? But only for like really established people. So, like, Matt Pike of High on Fire and all of those bands, he had, like, a nine-string guitar that they made. For oh, him. shit. And then the guy from uh, the Yeah, Yeah, Yes, he had his own. Oh, yeah. Uh, so
0: Ben something.
1: I yeah, think something means. like that. Yeah, so everybody had, like, it'd be like what you're saying. You see this thing, you go, this is made out of cardboard,
0: and that's a $7,000 guitar.
1: Right. You're the same company. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is happening
0: here? Yeah, after that, I, like, I considered buying a first act. Sure. Because I like I haven't played guitar in such a long time that I was like, maybe I should get back into it, buy a $100 guitar.
1: One of my favorite guitars that I own, and I've owned a lot of guitars um, and a lot of very expensive guitars and a lot of very obtuse guitars. But one of my guitars that I play every day is a $200 Yamaha acoustic that I bought off the wall yeah. at Guitar Center. 13 years ago. Yeah. And I play it every day and it. Does, I don't have to worry about treating it nice. I don't have to worry about right. is it going to warp? Because you get like, especially a nice acoustic guitar, you have to treat it like a fucking baby. You have to yes. like put all kinds of humor, <laughs> humidors and stuff around it and you got to make sure if it's you moist take enough. Take it yeah. out in the wrong weather right. you're going to fuck yeah. it up. It's gonna, the, the top is going to collapse. This is like, I don't give a shit. If this thing falls apart, they still make it I'll get one or I'll buy one used for probably cheaper than a new one. So yeah, I think that's also part of the process of these guys, of someone like Kurt back then, where it was, this is more of a tool of necessity and not something to be precious about. Right. Something that I'm going to go take and make a righteous noise with, and I don't give a shit if it breaks, because then I'll just get another one, because it only costs 50 bucks.
0: Right. And there's something to be said for taking a guitar that's not that great and building it into something that- right. Because that was a thing when I was playing guitar a lot. I didn't have a ton of money, so I would buy cheaper shit and modify it. Right. Like I bought a a pig nose tube amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little tiny, which noses, was yeah. the the cheapest tube amp you could get because it had a terrible fucking speaker in it. Right. But I just bought a different speaker and took it to a guitar shop and had them put that speaker in, and it was great. And that saved me. You know, I could have spent how much money putting you know getting a really great tube amp when you could just replace the speaker i replaced it with a speaker i bought for like 50 bucks on ebay right and it sounded so much better
1: i think that's one of the things about kurt that's interesting to me too is that i want to say that not a lot of thought went into his gear choices it was more of like what was available and what was around or what he walked into a shop and existed but then like with any band or any performer who becomes enormous, there's this idea of oh, he really crafted this thing and he really designed. Oh, that he put the the electro before the, the before the yeah. distortion to really get that warble. No, he just plugged shit in because he was a kid trying right. to figure out how to play guitar and how to make up a sound. Right. One of my favorite little guitar player uh, stories is you know Les Paul, the guitar player who made the Les Paul guitar. It has four knobs on it. It's two tone, two volumes for the two pickups. Right. So you have volume and tone control over each pickup, and this one guy was talking to Les Paul when he was still alive, and he was like, "You know, I've really been studying the way that you do things and the in between tones that you get, and the way that you roll back the volume and the in between of the you know the the tone on about seven on the neck pickup, and the, and he's just going on and on all of this shit, and Les Paul leans over to the guy next to him and goes. You can piss on some people and they'll t- they'll believe it's rain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds pretty Yeah, Cuz yeah. it's
1: just like, no man, I'm just creating yeah. something. I'm not thinking about it the way you are. Right. I'm not overanalyzing it. I'm is this on? Does it sound the way I wanted? What if I made it warbly? Cool. Now yeah. I have a warbly yeah. guitar sound.
0: Yeah. That yeah, let's talk about the the Stella acoustic guitar because this That's an interesting story. This is an interesting story for sure. Uh for one thing, this guitar world article said it was probably his first acoustic guitar, which there's no way that's true.
1: Yeah. Like he that he keeps getting things stolen and destroyed. I don't think he'd have his first acoustic this right. long.
0: Uh it was uh October twelfth, nineteen eighty-nine. He bought a Stella twelve string for thirty-one dollars and twenty-one cents. Overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> kinda did overpay, especially in nineteen eighty-nine money. Uh, But he brought the Stella to Smart Studios in Wisconsin to record some of the Nevermind demos with Butch Vig in April 1990. And uh, this is Kurt Cobain talking about that guitar. It barely stays in tune. (laughs) I have to use duct tape to hold the tuning keys in place. Nice. Uh, At some point in the history of this guitar, the steel strings had been replaced with six nylon strings only five of which were intact during the recording sessions. So, okay. I'm trying
1: to picture that. So on a 12-string guitar, you're supposed to have 12 strings. <laughs> That's how you that works. So is he saying that the the regular strings, the lower octave strings are the all nylon and that the high strings are all gone? I think. So he's playing a 12-string guitar with only five strings on it? Yeah. Okay. You get it. I get it. I want to make sure because I, I was trying to figure that out. Like, wait, is it all nylon and string? Because it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't sound like that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird the way they wrote it. And yeah. it's weird that he bought this fucking guitar. <laughs> but it apparently sounded good enough that they decided to use it on the acoustic version of Polly that you hear on Nevermind. It's a $31 bullshit Stella guitar.
1: And you can kind of... I wouldn't say I would... You could tell it's a $31 bullshit guitar, but it does kind of have that hollow, not real wood kind of sound. Right. And the fact that it was all nylon strings, like now that when I... Once I read that, I was like, I can kind of hear that now that I know that. It doesn't have the snappiness of a brass string. It has that thud of all nylons. Right. And It's also on something in the way. Is it? Is that the one he plays? Yeah. So it's interesting to me because... That sound is fitting. Like it's it's right. weird the way that you go, but no, that's that's how that guitar should sound on that song. If you had a beautiful twelve string that had been you know that cost you several thousand dollars that was expertly tuned with brand new strings on it, you'd go. This song sounds. What the fuck's yeah. wrong with the guitar
0: in this? song? And also, you use that guitar to write Polly. Yeah. You no. Could, yeah. You could rent that on a thirty-one dollar yeah. Stella, fella. D- yeah. Come over here. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself uh, a Stella, fella. Yeah,
1: you know what? This here, the guitar is the Cinder Stella of guitars. It's going to clean right up and be a beautiful princess.
0: Right? The next Polly, it's the hit <laughs> sensation sweeping the nation.
1: I want $700 million for it. This used to belong to Kurt Cobain. <laughs> what will you give me, Pawn Stars?
0: I do wonder what this guitar is worth or who has it. It's at least worth double now. It's yeah. probably worth close well, to 7. Especially 70. with him playing it on the album. Because right. on on the Something in the Way performance, I think we. I don't know if we talked about this before or not, but that... They were trying to. Uh, he basically played the version of something in the way that you hear on the album. He played that out in the control room. Yes, we did talk about sitting on before. the couch. Right, 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 right. And Butch Vig just mic'd him there because in the studio it was like too ca- cavernous or too yeah. Or they something? they yeah. couldn't get it quiet enough, and uh, it's a it's really we'll touch on it when we we're getting close to talking about the recording of Nevermind. I'm excited. Which, could probably be more than one episode. Cause I would think so, yeah. That was a long process. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have to go to Sound City. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we right? should.
1: Because they're, they're trying to reopen it.
0: Yes, yes. And there's there's that really great documentary about it.
1: Yeah, Sound City. that uh, Mr. Dave Groley did. Mr. Dave Grohl. Yeah, we should try to do something at Sound yeah. City. Go down there and be like, show me the one knob that you replaced the knee board with, you <laughs> idiots. <laughs>
0: exactly. So let's talk about one last guitar before we get out of here. This All is, right. This is a funny story to me. The Fender Jag Stang. Which, this was the Kurt Cobain signature guitar. Right. It was his idea. Mm-hmm. He approached, he approached Fender and was like, here's what you should do to build a guitar.
1: This is the exact thing I want. I can't think of anything more perfect.
0: And then he gets it and immediately <laughs> modifies it. Takes the, takes the pickups off, has his guitar tech, put a different bridge on right. it, and barely ever plays it. Right. But they're... Also, if you can find one, they're they're worth a, a a decent amount of money. They're an interesting guitar. They're a little weird. Yeah, they're it's, a little goofy. Um, there it's a was Mexican a Mexican guitar, I think.
1: Uh, there was some that were made in America. There oh, was right. and like in, and back then, back in the nineties. The ones yeah. now, I think, are if you find them, uh, are are MIMS made in Mexico. Uh, but when the when the when the story of the guitar getting built come, came out there was uh, someone reporting about Kurt going down to the Fender Custom Shop and getting the first uh, Jagstang and playing it, and and Courtney Love was there with him, and one of the builders was there and talked about how long and elegant his fingers were as he was playing the guitar. (laughs) It was very creepy. And uh, Courtney is on record asking, she goes, oh, is this going to be another one of the guitars you smash on stage? And he was like, no, this is special.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he probably and then he probably smashed, he probably
1: smashed it levels. right then. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We didn't get to it, but he uh, the guitars he smashed. If you ever see see him playing a Strat, a Fender Strat, it's probably because he's about to break it.
1: Yeah, I didn't know this until way after he passed away that he basically had stunt guitars. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go break a guitar, so I'm gonna here in, waiting in the wings is the breakable guitars. Yeah, so even as he got more famous and more established, there was this idea of. Well, if I'm going to break something, I don't want it to be something I want. Yeah, I want it to be something I can.
0: And then in the end, he's breaking the Fender Strats, and he's like, "Save the Univox." (laughs) Right. That's a weird choice. Yeah.
1: Well, they're harder to get. Yeah. (laughs) I can't get endorsed by a company that went bankrupt 30 years ago.
0: (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, if you can find a Fender Jag stand, go out and get it. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're interesting. They're weird guitar. Yeah, it's a weird little guitar. It is.
1: The name comes from the fact that it's part Jaguar and start. Part Mustang. Mustang. Yeah. Uh, and he literally, you can find drawings of this online, and, and it's also in the In the journal. journal's book yeah. that you
0: got to remember to take. It's uh, been a, a whole extra week now, Travis. What? Just God, gotta I keep take. forgetting it. God damn it.
1: But yeah, he basically, as someone who did not design guitars, was basically like, put this guitar. Make made like a Franken <laughs> guitar. He's just
0: like, make this. And he was so huge at the time right. that Fender was like, okay. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, sir. Whatever you need, Mr. Cobain. And it turned out to not be what he wanted. No. He really wanted it. Some- He's a tinkerer. What a character. What a guy. All right. We should get out of here. This was fun. It was fun. I have to record another podcast in an hour. Jesus Christ. Oh, then I'm done for the night. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, What do we have to plug? Our show is... A week from now. Right.
1: I'm going to be there telling jokes. Yeah, yeah. The last one was so great, I bet. Oh, my God. The, uh, well, some of the things we can't talk about because of the, the NDA that we had to sign. Right, Because right. it, it was that much fun that we had to make sure that other people didn't disclose it. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we can't. If you if you missed it, I'm sorry. You yeah. just missed it. Yeah.
1: That's why you got to come to each one. Each one is its
0: own fantastic event. Right. And speaking of that, September 20th, come on out. See Travis Clark. I'll be there. Come up and say Hi. I will be there. Connor McSpadden will be there. Josh Denny will be there. Who else? I believe Greg Edwards. Greg Edwards. I
1: love that dude.
0: And Lori fucking Kilmartin. Lori Kilmartin's
1: fucking awesome. Headliner. Hey, she's got the same middle name as me.
0: Lori fucking Kilmartin. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? We'll
1: have to bring that up. I'll have to tell her about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Chit chat with her about it. Uh, so yeah, come to that, and uh, also subscribe to all our other podcasts on Patreon, patreon.com slash unpops. We just did a bunch of new reward levels. You can get t-shirts and shit.
1: Yeah, get a t-shirt, you shit. goddamn
0: t-shirt. Yeah. Fucking A. Travis, what do you got to plug?
1: Um, I'm doing another reading of one of my short stories at Leroy's Bar and Grill. Uh, I'm doing that on uh, every weekend in September. Come on out. I'm reading from my story, uh, This Snowcap is Not a Piece of Candy.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, What else? I think that's it. Sounds good. We should get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.